Welcome to the Truth About Dentistry podcast. I am Dr. Peggy Bound, a successful solo dental practice owner in St. John, New Brunswick. After years of figuring out how I wanted to practice, I now run a fully digital clinic providing my own brand of dentistry on my own terms. It wasn't easy and I'm still learning, but I know I have so much knowledge to share. This podcast is created to help inspire young dentists or anyone looking to transition to a more digital practice. I aim to give you actionable step-by-step strategies to help you navigate the modern dentistry landscape. If you're looking to become more digital, improve your skills, or even have a more profitable practice, then this podcast is for you. Now let's get started. All right, guys, welcome back. We are today talking about, and this I suppose would probably be most of interest if you're a relatively young or new dentist. If you've ever had trouble with, or you've had experience, like you've done fillings and then you found that the patient had to come back or you've seen a trend in patients coming back with post-op sensitivity or just a pain on biting, different things like that. I wanna talk about some things that I think I've seen a number of dentists now, like fairly young, young at a school, have some of these problems. And I think that it is really important to just sort of review the basics. It sucks when those patients come back in because you just don't know what to do for them. Um, and they don't necessarily need a root canal and it wasn't there, like there was nothing deep about the filling and so you're just kind of caught. So I like to prevent those things from happening at all. <laughs> I don't have any really hardly any patients like of my own that that happens to and I think I have a fairly good system there may be some things that I forget in this episode because again it comes pretty natural and honestly on until I'm actually in the opportunity doing it but I'm going to try to remember all the little things that I do because when I'm doing a filling I'm very 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 particular about these steps and doing things the right way to prevent this all right so the first thing is if the patient, if you see on the x-ray that the decayeries are moderately, you know, halfway to the pulp or something, I always kind of prepare them. Like I say, look, this, this is a little deeper. There may be some issue later. I just sort of like manage their expectations. Often they never have a problem, but I'd rather sort of say it on the up front end than have to make, you know, like make up for it on the back end. So very important to think about how you're talking to your patients, spending the time, educating them, show that you care, show that you've like, you know, you want them to not get any more cavities like this while you're waiting for the freezing, ask them how, you know, how do they think they're getting these cavities? Like just do little things like that. Like just like actual communication, compassion type approach. Then if something goes wrong later or they're having some sensitivity, you, they feel like they've built a trust with you and that you actually are a caring person. So I do think like not just coming in, giving them the freezing, leaving, and then come back in when the rubber dam's on, that's not the way to treat patients in, this is the best way. They're sorry, a little way, but it's, it's not going to help you build the practice the way you need to. And it's also going to keep you like, not give you sort of the, the backup of trust and that you're going to want from the patient if in fact something does go wrong. When prepping, I always, and pretty much always, we use rubber dam. We're working in the posterior, like rubber dam, very important, uh, well punched and isolation, all that stuff's really important. One thing I will say about the actual prep is that I don't prep so small that, you know, I, 
I have like a little slot prep. I, I, I don't do that. I know composite bonds and it's really great, but if you just do a little tiny slot prep, I do notice that those restorations could have a little more problems. So I will bring it back into, so I get a little bit more of a bevel on the cable surface margin or I'll get more surface area, I guess, uh, of the resin material so that it little comes over the occlusal, not just straight down through the interproximal area or like the marginal ridge. Once the prep is done, I will take a uh, diamond. Of course, I may have used the diamond to prep as well, but, and I will like kind of bevel like the around the cable surface mesh. Again, we, we want the, we don't want unsupported enamel rods and we want like not such a, like a sharp cut edge that there's any unsupported enamel. So I will do a very slight, again, you can barely see it, but I'm really using lots of light with my loops and I'm making sure that my, my prep is setting me up for success. I'll use cavity cleanser, uh, which is 2% chlorhexidine, and I will let that sit for a few minutes and then I'll use my slow speed. I don't prep with a high speed right near the pulp or kind of even like light, light pressure maybe, but I'll use the cavity cleanser and I'll like use a slow speed. I'll use the cavity cleanser again, slow speed again, cavity cleanser. And then when I feel with my explorer, there's nothing there. Again, it may be affected dentin, just not infected dentin. It may look infected, but with the explorer, it's very hard. But the last thing to go down would be, of course, the cavity, um, cavity cleanser. And then I may put a, if it's moderately deep, I'll put a little Theracal, love Theracal. It's also really good with uh, pediatric teeth, like cured. Uh, but generally I will etch now I'll make sure. So etching needs to be about 30 seconds long on your enamel and I will selective etch. So anything under 30 seconds is not perhaps going to be adequate and you're going to have, um, you know, again, if you don't have a strong enough bond. You can have, you know, stress on the filling or the filling's not to totally bonded, which can lead to sensitivity. So I will isolate, I get, should step back a second here. If we're talking about a class, like a class two restoration, especially we need um, a good isolation. I personally find that the, and I'm probably gonna be outnumbered or like it's an unpopular opinion here, but the Toffelmeyer matrix has always given, never failed me. I always get good contacts. I've never had a problem with, you know, very tight contact down at the, down at the proximal box floor. But when it comes to these, and I'm not going to use any particular brand, but you know what I mean by just like a sectional matrix, uh, no matter what brand, I've tried different ones. There's always a very, very small gap down there. So if that's the case and that can happen, then I'm going to have a patient who's going to be unhappy later. So I have always had, again, it depends on what works in your hands, but if you are having this problem, you may want to look at what you're doing with your matrix. So my etch is selective etch. It only goes on the enamel. It barely goes on dentin. Certainly it may go on very shallow dentin, never on moderate to deep dentin. I do not etch deep dentin or even moderately deep dentin. In fact, I, for a t-shirt, I always said it should be on t-shirt. You guys are not going to think I'm going to think I'm crazy, but dentists don't let other dentists etch deep dentin is my slogan. <laughs> and I think that uh, etching deep dentin is uh, a waste. Uh, it's just a risk, causing a risk, because you get to think about this tooth as is wet inside. We are all wet inside. We all have moisture in us, and if you desiccate the surface too much, it's like 
putting uh, water near a bounty paper towel is just going to suck right to that area and then so the water is going to flow up you can't see it with your eyes you put your bond down and now you have um, you know an insufficient or un poor bond because there's been a little bit of um, natural moisture within the tooth that's now near the bond and we all know things don't stick um, if they're wet so we want to be really careful about that again so selective etching process and then I will um, use of course my universal priming bond I'll, for me I use Bisco I don't care what brand you use I will do two coats and I will let it sit for 20 seconds at a time and I will air dry lightly so if you're going to do something yes it takes a little longer but I would rather do it well and not have the patient come back then ruin my reputation with you know oh like every time I go we go see this particular dentist you know we have sensitive teeth so we don't want that to happen you can really get stressed out it can cause you a lot of um, just a lot of problems overall uh, for you and the practice if you're constantly having patients come back with a bad bite or a sort of sensitivity on biting or sensitivity with hot and cold so don't over etch use the bond in the right way take your time air dry it lightly cure the bond then I will do a flowable liner a very very thin flowable liner the um, you know you can use vitrobon or a glass ionomer which you could again would also work very well I just personally find the price of of something like vitrobon it's a mixed time or you can buy a premix but it's just very expensive yes it does have a little I think fluoride release in it but I've just never had a problem since I switched to flowable so I will use flowable and a very very thin thin flowable I don't bring it out to the cable surface margin I only leave it in the den it's very thin then we're talking about as far as increments go we do you know two increments usually if it's very shallow or very small of course it can be one increment but you always want to do at least two maybe three increments I'll do a lot of the carving or shaping of the filling before I take my band off I don't do it with the burr after um, but that being said I make sure that the composite goes out over the cable surface margin or past where my prepped or roughened enamel is so that you know it's no doubt that there's some composite there lastly the tooth itself needs to be the bite needs to be adjusted you can hear it uh, also known as the tooth whisperer I don't think it's anything very special but there is a sound when teeth are all hitting together I do not need the patient to tell me whether or not their bite feels high because I can hear it and I can also see it on the paper if you're smart enough to use Vaseline on your articulation paper you'll always see it get them to bite tap tap grind around sit them up do it whatever take the time to adjust the bite right don't assume that it's fine just because they say it and certainly listen for it it's a higher pitch noise when teeth are all hitting together it's very like a snap snap whereas when they bite and their bites a little high it's like a doll like it's a thud sort of uh, micro thud and I really like I say as far as curing you know when we take the band off we do like a three-point cure we do occlusal cure buccolingual cure and we want the we want it to be just really well cured and we want the patient to realize whether or not it was deep manage their expectations don't um, one other thing I didn't mention I guess is that I see sometimes not rinsing the etch enough so when you're rinsing the tooth before you do the bond before you start to dry the tooth please 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 rinse your etch a lot longer than you think so you can't see it there can still be 
you know, remnants of the etch there. So make sure you use lots of water. I uh, sometimes think I must be like a, a firefighter because of how much water I use, but I would rather do that than like I say, leave a little bit of etch and then the bond doesn't work and then the too sensitive and on, on it goes. So let me know how this uh, resonated with you. If this is exactly what you do or if you have some other technique, but I certainly think that sometimes we have to think about the basics and we have to take our time and, and that's all it is and, and it keeps us out of trouble. So I hope you found this episode, this very short episode helpful, especially if, like I say, you're a young dentist and you've struggled with this. You do want to really make sure that you're taking the time to do this right. All right. Have a great day, guys. I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to, to listen to this podcast. And again, hopefully I inspired you in some way. If you feel this was helpful or you have any colleagues that you think would really maybe enjoy some, some of the content like this, we're going to be here every week. And I would so appreciate it if you would subscribe to my channel and also share this little discovery of this new podcast with your friends and colleagues. If you do want to reach me, you can certainly find me through my social media channels, Dr. Peggy Bound or Peggy Bound Dentistry, and or you can reach me on my email, peggy at smilesbybound.com. 